0: Hey, this is Travis Bennett, the pastor here at Arena of Life Church. And I just want to welcome you to our podcast. I pray this builds your faith, encourages you, and brings you to newer levels in Christ. Enjoy the message. Amen. Will y'all help me? I, I meant to do this last week, but during Easter, mom and dad is home. Come on, make them make a, 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 a pastor's tie in Ann, Make them feel welcome. We love you. Glad that you're home. I, I, I sense in my spirit they won't be here long. Florida is calling them. <laughs> he said, "Amen." <laughs> uh, as long as I can come see you, we're good. All right. Hey, uh, those of you that uh, you haven't been here over the last couple of weeks, I um, and I want to just go ahead and forewarn you. I wrote this message on the road while we were driving, uh, and I we drove to New Mexico yesterday morning at five o'clock in the morning, and burned a tank of fuel just to get to logan during that that wind and i'm telling you it was fun pulling a trailer in that anyway sometimes in fact me and pastor was talking about it this morning there was a lots of lots of messages that he wrote uh traveling down the road and and uh and and i just begin and i love that getting in the car and wherever you are that's what the lord wants he wants us to meditate on the word and uh in, in shoeing horses and all the things, activities and things that I do in a week, I, I'm telling you, that's why it's so important in Joshua in that text that we meditate on the Word of God, that we chew on it, we regurgitate it. And there's always things, in fact, this story today that I'm going to share with you, that I've, I've preached this before, I've studied this before, but there's some things in the text that I believe if you lean in, whether it be uh, um, in your physical posture, but also in your spirit. If you just lean in, I believe God has something big for you today. And I believe there's something that God is going to, I believe there's liberty in the room to set the captives free. Amen. And so there's some things about this text that you need to know before, before we get started. And we've been in this, the, this series homecoming and we started off uh, in Acts chapter 12 of how they were praying and believing God for Peter to get out of prison and he comes to the house. The Bible says, but the church prayed. Can we say it together? But the church prayed. I'm going to say it one more time. But the church prayed. Can I tell you, can we celebrate um, uh, the lives that were changed last week at Easter that, that came to the altar call that came home because the church prayed? Can I say that again? Because the church prayed, I'm telling you, people came home in Jesus' name. And so, um, in, in, uh, and then we went on, we talked in, in the book of Mark of the, the four men that helped the man down in, in, into the room and it talked about how he got to go home after that. We looked at Acts chapter 3 of how the man that was at the, the gate called Beautiful for 12 years. And somebody took him every day to that gate called Beautiful. But in today's text, it's a little bit different. And, and I want, not only want to talk about a homecoming of how this man after 38 years got to go home. But I want to talk about it's not only important that you go home, but it's important that you stay home. Now, let me clarify to all the parents. I'm not talking to the teenagers that may have left home and has came home. There comes a time where you need to leave the home. But as far as the text in our spiritual walk with Christ, how many of y'all know we, we, need, to, we need to stay in the house? Come on, we need to stay in our relationship with the Lord. We don't need to be drifters or tumbleweed Christians that are, that are driven by every wind and wave of doctrine. We need to stay in the house of God. And so for you to understand this particular text here, there's some things that points out to me right away about the text. Here is a guy that is waiting for an angel to come and stir the water right there at the Pool of Bethesda. I see the, the, the spirit of religion all over this. The reason I say that, because there's lots of doctrines that believe that uh, they're waiting for a particular event. They're waiting for, well, i got to go to the priest. And I've got to confess my sins every Friday, or I'm gonna go to hell. Or, or, or the, the things even inside of this church, I promise you, we can talk about the Episcopalians and the Methodists and the Baptists. I promise you, th- that spirit of religion is right here in this room if we're not careful. Like changing things, how many of y'all know people don't like change? They resist change, they resist change. You may think you don't, but I promise you, if we came in and that wall was purple, some of y'all would throw a fit. Nobody asked me if that wall should be purple. <laughs> We're here for souls, not for paint on the walls. Can I say that again? We're here for souls and not paint on the walls. Amen? And so, Here's a guy that he believes this, that I'm just waiting for this particular moment. Can I tell you, we serve the God of the same yesterday, today, and forever. You don't have to wait for a camp meeting. You don't have to wait for a special service. You don't have to wait for the for whatever it is. You can today walk out of here healed. You can walk out of here today free because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right? But for you really to get this context, the best, I believe, we need to go into the history of this place. There's two different pools that are in Jerusalem at this particular time of this story in John chapter 5. What I love about the book of John is this. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they talk about the genealogy of where Jesus came from. They talk about Ruth. They talk about David. They talk about uh, uh, the lineage of where he came from, And then it talks about Jesus all the way down to Joseph. But when it gets to the book of John, in John chapter 1, he said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then he goes into verse 14, and he said, And the Word became flesh, and he dwelt among us. How many of y'all thankful for Jesus today? The Bible says he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the enemy. And so we see this, uh, looking at this text, I see how personable our Jesus is. And then, in fact, in John chapter 4, the woman at the well, it's a one-on-one. The reason I say this is because lots of times miracles, like I think about the, the miracle of the woman with the issue of blood who had it for 12 years, there was miracles that were taking a place along the beach there, and she reached out and grabbed the hem of his garment. It's because the door was opened up. The Bible says that all men are drawn unto Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and as he preached the Word, they were drawn to him. How many of you know people are drawn to the good news? The Bible says in Romans 1 sixteen, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. There is power in the gospel. There is power in your testimony. There is power in the spoken words of God. But in this text, it's a little bit different. He is not drawn to miracles. In fact, This is the farthest thing from a miracle because this guy is sitting in a bed of sickness, but Jesus is drawn to him. Can I tell you how important it is, parents, that we live our lives led by the Spirit of God? Like we get so caught up in traditions, it's not supposed to happen that way. No, I believe that the Spirit of God tells you to go left, you ought to go left rather than go right. right. In fact, the Word of God says that. We need to be led by Him. And so Jesus is led to this place. In fact, Jesus... Uh, history tells us that he normally wouldn't go this particular path, but he goes this path this, this, this time. And in this story, you need to understand the Pool of Bethesda. There's two places of water in the city of Jerusalem, the Pool of Siloam and the Pool of Bethesda. In fact, that well at Siloam is still an active well today. And they say it's a beautiful place. It's gorgeous. It's trees, I mean, with the heat just right. I mean, it's a great, great place. But the Pool of Bethesda was a well at one time. But interesting fact about the Pool of Bethesda is this well was so beautiful that the elites of the territory of Jerusalem, they came and they began to sit around this place. They swam in the pool that was a well. It was a continual flow of water that was in there. And they got so comfortable with that beautiful place that what they did was is over time they built five porches. In fact, you can see the ruins of them today, but those porches were made out of marble. They were made out of all the nicest things. Like when you think of a beautiful home and all the architecture of the the time, I mean it was the latest, it was the greatest. You would say that this was the country club of the first century. And they would go there, and they would they would sit around. They would drink. They would do. But there's something that happened: the well ran dry. And because of them building that porches up around it, no wind came in. How many of y'all know when you're around water that's sat in a place for quite some times, it begins to stink? How many of y'all know stink things, stinky things attract stinky things? I'm gonna say that again because you didn't catch it. Because you're wondering why you you attract dogs, it's because you bark. You're wondering why you attract cats, it's because you meow, and you have a litter box. Do I need to get more detailed than that? And you share it with the whole rest of the world, and you stink, and you attract people that stink. Can I tell you in this particular text here, the Bible says they were lame, they were blind, birds of a feather, they flocked together. You rise and fall to the level of your friends. Can I tell you, hurt people hang out with hurt people. Offended people hang out with offended people. Broken people hang out with other broken people. Broke people hang out with broke people. Because if you hang out with somebody who has a status and has something where the water is flowing, that gets onto you and pushes you to be better. Who am I talking to today? So in this particular text here, here is a well that had ran dry, and it became, became stinky. And over time, what had happened was the Bible says that that in, in the text, when you studied in the Greek right here, and these porticos lay a great number, that means they were piled on top of each other. Like it was filthy Where in, in these particular porches. And so as I begin to think about this text, the Bible says that this was... The pool of Bethesda, this word Bethesda in the Greek, it means this, that it was a house of mercy, it was a house of grace, it was where mercy was poured out. Now, as I read that and saw, also there's there's another translation that said that it was the house of favor. Does this sound like the house of favor surrounded by a whole bunch of stinky people? Blind people, lame people? All those broken people? Absolutely not. In fact, it looks disgraceful, but the Bible says that it's a house of grace. Isn't that something? Isn't that what happened to you and me? We were disgraced, but grace showed up on the scene. His name is Jesus. Come on, how many are out there that Jesus reached through the miry clay and he pulled you out on a rock to stand? That you were going down a road of defeat? And your grandpappy's pappy's pappy was a miserable human being. And if it wasn't for Jesus, you'd be miserable today. But, But because of him dying, being buried, and on the third day showing resurrection power for you and I, I've asked Jesus to be the Lord of my life. And he set me free from death, hell, and the grave. And I'll no longer have to live in the condemnation of what my past and all the people in that past. I can now walk in freedom. But in this particular text... And Pastor could tell you this on the front row. There's always in Scripture, when I see numbers, they point out to me. Like this word, this 38, I can't tell you what 38 means in the Greek. But the first few, I can kind of tell you because I've studied them. There's a book out there called Numbers in Scripture, and I studied it uh, for years. Like the number seven is the number of completion. In seven days, he created the earth. Or in seven days, it was completed. Like the number six is the is um, the number of man, 666, six, six. three, sixes. I'm telling you, there's significance to all of those in Scripture. 777, seven, seven. how many of y'all know that's a better number than 666? Six, six, six? Three, we know that three is a powerful number because it's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. There's three nails all throughout Scripture. We said, in three days, he rose again. Come on, I could talk about threes for a long time. But the number five, you know what it means? It's Grace. Isn't that ironic that it's the house of grace? But to me, it doesn't look like grace because it's full of sick people. Why would it be called the house of grace? Five. The house of grace, the house of mercy, the house of favor, the house where, where, where it's poured out. Now think about this. Jesus goes into a stinky place full of sour water with a nameless man. A man that had no value. Go ahead and tell yourself, I'm valuable to the Lord. I'm valuable to the Lord. So Jesus went where he was, and grace shows up on a place of disgrace. Grace shows up at a place of five porticos, which five means grace, a house of grace. So as I begin to think about this, these people are laying here, They are taking the sloppy seconds of something that used to be so beautiful. What are some things in your life that you refuse to change that you know you need to change, but it's became stagnant and you stay there because this is just what you do? What are some things the Bible says that we're supposed to go from glory to glory? The Bible says that we're supposed to go from faith to faith. We're not supposed to stay at the place that we are. How many of y'all know God has much more for you than just answering an altar call and giving your life to the Lord? He wants you to prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. He wants whatever you put your hand to shall and will prosper. He doesn't want you to play in the stinky, stagnant place that you are. He wants you to go to new heights. He wants you to go to new levels. He don't want you to stay there. And so as I begin to look at this text, I think about how grace shows up at a place of disgrace, but yet they called it grace. Now think about this. What are some things that have covered you in grace, but now you've become comfortable there? Like, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm always afraid to talk about grace, Pastor, because people have abused it on TikTok. Grace does not give you a certificate to do whatever the heck you want to do. When when Jesus comes to live on the inside of you because of grace, I now walk different. I now talk different. I don't drink the same things that I used to drink. I don't smoke the same things that I used to smoke. I don't do all those things because grace, because of Jesus. He gave me something I didn't deserve. Think about the number five. In five days... In five days, Jesus created the earth. The sixth day, he created man. See, six is man. But five, what did he do when he created man? He said, here are all the things that pertain to life and godliness that you're going to need to live on this earth. And you didn't have to labor in it. You didn't have to work for it. You didn't have to do anything to it. How many of y'all thankful for some things that God gave you today that you didn't have to work for, that you didn't have to put your hand to the plow to? See, it was in five days, five, grace. I, I, reason I keep going back to this because there's people that they call it a covering of grace, but I came to bring an eviction notice that you need to no longer live under that anymore. Yeah. You're making an excuse and making a bed and you're calling it grace. I know this is hard preaching. I hope you got your steel-toed shoes on, but this is the word of God that he told me to share with you today. I mean, what are some things in your life like, like this? Here's a, perfect, here's a practical example. We had a leak upstairs. We had a leak upstairs, and in, 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 it had caused some water to show inside of our living room. It was a slow leak, but how many of y'all know those slow leaks over time they show? It was by the grace of God, it didn't destroy more than it did. By the grace of God, that it didn't make it worse. But how stupid would it be for us not to fix the leak? There's people out there. I, I'm going to just talk practical for a second. It's, it's, it's great. It's by the grace of How I many all by the grace of God, you're still alive today? I mean, me talking about grace is getting something that you didn't deserve, right? Like, I, I'm alive today by the grace of God. And so I'm thinking about this, of people that, just like this, maybe, uh, your tires, they're a year past due. I mean, you can still buy the Starbucks coffee and take everybody out to eat, but you can't buy one tire. And by the grace of God, you don't die when it blows out. Then you put the donut on it. And then you drive the donut for six months like a moron. Come on, I know there's some people out here, you've done that. That is foolishness. That's foolish. And you say, oh, thank God for the grace of God. See these people here? They had been covered. They called it being covered under grace. I'm telling you, there comes a time where you've got to move out of that and fix some things and do some things right. Yeah. Are you hearing me today? It's like the first time you got arrested that for, for speeding, by the grace of God, you didn't go to jail because you were going way too far over. Right? And then the second time. By the grace of God. But there's going to come a time and you're like, Pastor, they're throwing me in jail. Slow down, stupid. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And you get comfortable and you call it grace. You get comfortable. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm here this morning to serve something in your heart. God wants more for you than where you're at today. God wants more for you. And so, in this particular text, you need to understand something. Right here, there is sick people, there's blind people, lame people. The fact that we're blind in the Greek means they didn't even have sockets for their eyeballs. How many of y'all know this is hopeless people? Can I tell you, hopeless people hang out with hopeless people? They do. And then in verse 6, so Jesus notices him. The Bible says this word notice in the, in the King James It said saw him means he studies him and there's something that points out about him. What are some things in my life that are pointing out to the Lord? And so he saw him lying there knowing that he had been in that condition a long time. He said to him, do you want to get well? I love this so much. Because in the Greek he says, do you want to get your life back? You know what he's saying? He's saying, you getting well is not on my will. It's on your will today, buddy. Because how many of y'all know the will of God for you is to be healed? And he's asking him, do you want your life back? You know why he's asking him this particular question? Because think about it. A place that you've been at for 38 years, things change. Things change. This morning... We had went to the ranch yesterday, packed some things up, come home, and, and uh, Addison brought a picture to Brandy of a, an old picture, and th- this kid's not even looking at the picture. or uh, Yeah, he's not even looking at it, and Anson said, Mom, why didn't you just retake the picture? It's because when we were kids, <laughs> let me tell you what happened in the picture time. There's some of y'all, like you remember the... All right, the black and white copies, you know what I'm talking about? Like, I was, I was thinking about that when he said that, how much things have changed over 38 years, like you'd go to granny's house and you're looking at pictures that happened three years ago, you don't even remember it happened. It's because, you know, they would save up those, I don't even know what they're called, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, y'all remember the, old, the film, sorry, film, Yeah. The film, and you would take it to these places, and that's how you would get it developed. That was another thing, kids. It was called developed, all right? I think about all kinds of... We also used to have these things called cassette players, and if you wanted to impress a girl inside your pickup, you had to put a number two pencil in there because you couldn't put the big fat ones in there. You put the number two in there, you'd mark it. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? And you'd put it on the cassette plate right there. How many of y'all remember sticking the... Sorry, I'm, I, I'm on a squirrel moment right here. You'd stick the, the, the number two pencil inside the sharpener, inside the classroom, and you would make it so big you couldn't even use it, like you would see sparks coming out of there because it was hitting the metal. You know what I'm talking about? And so I, we went on this moment, and we're like, Anson, it's not like we knew what the picture looked like, and it was totally foreign to them. How many of y'all say things to your kids all the time that remind you how old you are? Like, tell us the first time you got a microwave, <laughs> you know. <laughs> what did the phones look like? Well, we had this long cord, and if you wanted to get away from all your friends, you could stretch it out 13 miles. You could be in your bedroom, and then when you're, how many y'all, I mean, times have changed. How many of y'all thankful for the change? How many of y'all thankful you don't have to have a cell phone as big as your Bible up to your phone, head? All right? So in this particular text here, he's saying, do you want your life back? I want you to think about this you haven't worked in 38 years there's people that's wiped your hiney that's fed you You, yeah there's people that you have relied on all this time do you really i want to ask you this question do you really want your life back because the work is going to begin and if you're really going to be successful, you can't play at a, stay at a stagnant place of where you are. You're going to have to put your hand to the plow. You're going to have to get in on, on your knees in prayer. You're going to have to get into the Word of God. You're going to have to lift your hands in worship time if you're really going to want your life back because the work begins today, buddy. And I'm asking you, do you really? I want to ask the crowd today, who really wants their life back? Do you really? Do you really? Think about this. Think about everything that has changed over that amount of time. And can I tell you why I think Jesus asked that? And I believe this today. I was talking to Robert about it in the arena the other day. And I believe it was a God moment. But can I tell you why Jesus asked that? And Jesus would ask this today? Because some people enjoy it. (laughs) This is brand new revelation. Can I tell you, some people want to stay sick because they like the attention of being sick. Some people want to stay broke because they like the attention of being broke. We live in a time where we got more GoFundMings. We got more events to help people. Can I tell you, people that don't even walk correctly have a job at McDonald's. Get off your weir and go to work. I believe people enjoy victimhood. I hate to say this, but you enjoy it. It's like, if I really get well, then I won't be able to get all my likes and shares and comments on my Facebook posts. I mean, me putting all of these, these hospital selfies on there, they just pour out their love. Stop. Stop. I'm telling you, I'm trying to stretch you this morning. Do you really want to be made well? Do you really want your life back? Because if you do, you're going to have to get over yourself and put it on the cross. So what you're doing is, is, I'm telling you, there's some people, they just enjoy it. And what they do is, is they get acclimated. This is just what we do. We gripe, we complain, gloom, despair, and agony on me. But we sing it like this, amazing grace, how sweet. You're offended the whole time singing it? (laughs) sound, I hate him, that saved a wretch. Uh, I hope they die uh, like me. Come on. I hate to tell you, but I'm preaching really good right now, and you ain't hearing me. I'm going to go on the road more. Thank you, Lord, for this revelation, because I believe this is setting some people free this morning. Some people get acclimated to it. They would rather sit at the porch and die rather than be out what God has in store for them. That's what I didn't understand in COVID. You're just going to stay there and die. We're all going to die one day. You might as well enjoy it. Brandy got mad at me. The people at Walmart, they said, you want a mask? I said, no, I'd rather die. Thank you. See ya. She goes, that was a little extreme. I said, I would. I'm going to enjoy life all the time that I'm here, and I'm going to breathe the fresh air that God has given us. Amen? Amen? Some of y'all just got mad at me. you blocked me out for the rest of the time, but that's okay. I'm just being honest. Can I be real with y'all this morning? We're being real. We're having church. And so he says, so I love this. In the Greek, this verse 7, it says, the he said, Would you like your life back? And verse seven, it says, The invalid answered, Sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I am coming to get into it myself, someone else steps down ahead of me. In fact, in the Greek, this is very emphatic, means he just begins to babble. Like, how many of y'all ask your kids before? It's like you're trying to ask the question, and they just go to pointing. Well, it's him, no, it's her. Is he him? Yeah, yeah, huh? I've been in counseling sessions before, rather than answering the question, they divert it and they go all over the place. We go like 25 years ago, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They just begin to talk nonsense, like, shut up. It's a yes or no question. You want your life back. Can I tell you why people aren't walking in freedom days because of excuses? It was him. I hadn't seen him in 30 years. He's my ex. But my ex won't let me go to my next because I hate him. But I, I do kind of love him still, you know. They're, they're seeing But if she would have been there, if he would have been there, I can't believe my cousin did this. I can't believe my aunt and uncle did that. I can't believe this. I can't believe that. What you're doing is you're saying this, it's not my fault, it's their fault. And can I tell you, when you say it's not my fault and it's their fault, what you're saying is that they have more power than me. And you're also saying they have more power than God. Can I tell you, nobody has more power than God. There's no boss that has more power than God. There's no neighbor that has more power than God. There's no drug addiction that has more power than God. And when you set up excuses, I'm telling you, there will always be an excuse for you to remain sick and defeated. There will always be an excuse. There will always, can I say it again? There will always be an excuse to remain sick and defeated. But get rid of them. In fact, there's some of you right now, as I'm talking, you're like, you're still, but but you don't know my situation. It's like you're missing the whole point. It's like, y'all know the sermon that I, that I preached on, uh, about roping the cow? I preached in the sermon that I, I said, this cow represents this, this cow. And those of you that have roped, I mean, you talk about roping the cow. I mean, it's just a thing. Maybe it's, Southern, maybe it's Amarillo, Texas, but that's what it is. And people missed the whole message of faith because they were caught up on, it's not a cow. It's a steer. Well, if we're really going to get into it, it's not a steer either. It's a piece of plastic with horns that I roped. <laughs> I mean, there's times where I preach a message and all these, these naysayers on Instagram and things like that, there's times where I've messed up I call the word Greek rather than Hebrew or Hebrew rather than Greek, and they missed the whole message like, I couldn't listen anymore because that was actually Hebrew. It's like, get a life. You are missing it out. And I'm telling you right now, some of you are stuck on that. It's a cow, it's a cow, it's a cow. It was him, it was her. You don't understand the situation. My deal is bigger than this. I'm telling you, if you stay there, you'll stay in a pool that dried up years ago and you'll die there with flies hanging all around you. And then you wonder why your family doesn't want to get around you. You wonder why your husband don't want to be around you. It's because you're in a dead place. I'm here to serve an eviction this morning. It's time to grow up. Make, stop making excuses and go what God has in store for you. I'm happy. You know what? And another thing. Here's another thing. It says... While I am coming, look, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. I, you know what I see r- right here? When Jesus says, get up, pick up your pallet and walk, I see him like, stop him. Get up! Shut up! The whole fact that he said, sir, open the door to Jesus because in sir, it actually means Lord. Because it opened a door that he's Lord in his life. But look at the text right there. It says, while I'm coming. You know what this tells me? This tells me what a lot of y'all do in here, and I've done it myself. This means every year he's gone to the pool. This guy could walk because he went to the pool. But he's like, no one would throw me in. But he made it to the pool. Then why wouldn't you stay at the pool? Why wouldn't you be the next one to jump in? I preached a message at camp meeting years ago talking about how I many of y'all have kids that treated DVDs like rocks and they had, they had a, a scratch in the tape and you only saw 30 minutes of it and Addison had this movie that I don't know if they won. I don't know if they were set free. I just know we'd get to the 30 minutes and it skip back to the beginning. Can I tell you, I know so many people in so many marriages and so many finances that they get to one place in the tape, like in their finances, they get to a place, they pay off all the credit cards, and they're living in freedom, and then they put it all back on there, and then they go back to step one. <laughs> like, why in the world would he go away from the pool if that's where the healing was from? Why didn't he go to the pool and say, all right, I'm next. I will stay here one year. The whole reason that we're here and have been here for 38 years It's because when the angel comes and stirs the water, then I'll be made whole. So why didn't he stay there? I'm asking you today, why is it that you go to one place every single time in your relationships, in your marriages? Why is it that there's things in your life that you go to that one place, you stop, and you're like, "Ah, I'm going to go back to the porch because it's more comfortable there. Can I tell you, The enemy always wants you to go back to the porch where you can stay defeated, where you can stay broken. He always goes back to the beginning. He said, in that text, he said, while I am coming. But then Jesus, he speaks up. He says, get up, pick up your pallet and walk. He interrupts him. He says, ah, shut up. Get up. Pick up your pallet and walk. The Bible says immediately. Everybody say immediately. How many of y'all know we serve the God of immediately? I'm going to say that again. How many of y'all know we serve the God of immediately? Right away. The Bible says immediately. He picks it up. The man was healed and recovered his strength and picked up his pallet and walked. That means he got moving. See, lots of you. You may come to the altar, but you don't get to move I'm telling you I came to serve that eviction notice. It's time to leave the porch and it's time to get moving. Now the day was the Sabbath. So the Jews kept saying to the man who had been healed, "It is the Sabbath and you are not permitted to pick up your pallet because it is unlawful." Can I tell you when you truly decide to leave the excuses behind and go after what God has in store for you, you will always have a critic. Like those of you that asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, you came back and told your family and they were like, uh, something that you were so excited about. I'm telling you, the enemy is always wanting to keep you at a dead place. He's always wanting to keep you at a stagnant place. But what I love about this text here, because remember we talked about what Jesus said, what, what I believe when he was given those excuses, he's saying it's not my fault, it's their fault. What Jesus I believe when he said, pick up your pallet and walk, even on the day of the Sabbath, Jesus knew that was breaking the rules. And I also know that the boy knew that it was breaking the rules. Can I tell you, Jesus is willing to break the rules so you can walk in freedom? Break the rules of what the doctor said you couldn't be healed. Break the rules of what the lawyer said you can't get out of this. I'm telling you, we serve a God. That's willing to break the rules. And so he knew, and Jesus knew. The man knew, and Jesus knew. He's, he, but he's telling him, are you going to continue living like a victim, or are you going to go after the Lord? I see that you've been made whole, but are you really going to chase after it? See, p- him picking up his bed was proof he was done being led by the crowd. Come on, you doing those things of what the crowd didn't want you to do, whatever it is. You know what it is. is proof to the Lord that you're willing to be made whole. Then it goes on. It goes verse 11. It says, He answered them, The man who healed me and gave me back my strength was the one who said to me, Pick up your pallet and walk. They asked him, Who is this man who told you to pick up your pallet and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know it was Jesus, for Jesus had slipped away since there was a crowd in that place. You're always, I'm telling you, I'm going to tell you right now, beware of that religious spirit that wants you to go back to where you once were. Can I tell you, I'll probably drive the staff crazy and pastors and elders crazy. I don't want to do something just to do it. I Don't I? I, don't, I? I don't want to do it. I mean, we'll have a great event. That might have been a good event, but I want to make it a great event. Because I know you get in the rocking chair of life, and there's some of you out there, you're just so comfortable. You're in a rhythm. I preached about it a couple weeks ago, and you're still in a rhythm. I'm telling you, God has something bigger and better for you. And for him to pick up that pallet and walk, I'm I'm just here to tell you, you've got to beware of that religious spirit that is resistant to change. Then in verse 14, John, if you want to go ahead and come and play. It says, afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see, you are well. Can I tell you? I think there's lots of times that people think after I gave my life to the Lord, he stopped chasing after me. You know what I love about this? Is he got right and Jesus still pursued after him. I'm telling you, I may have been serving God a long time in my life, but I want, I, this reminds me that God's not through with me. There's some of you out there, I don't care how old you are. There's a dream that God has put inside of your heart. God's not through with you. He's not through with you. Amen. He's changed the rhythm. He's not through. And there's many of you, you throw in the towel. I'm just here to tell you today, you might be in a stagnant place. But I want to ask you, I want to ask you, do you want your life back? What is a covering that you've sat under and became so comfortable in that rocking chair of life? It's time to get up. It's time to get up. It's time to get up and be made well. Pick up your pallet and walk. You know, I want to talk about one of the things that I love about this text. Is he doesn't go home after 38 years. You know where he goes? He goes to the temple. When I read that, I got excited, especially as a preacher, because I want y'all to come to church. Like I don't have a job if y'all don't come. And I say that jokingly, but I'm telling you, forsake not the assembling of saints together. I'm telling you, I wouldn't be where I was today if it wasn't for the church. I love it that he went to the temple. You know what he did? He went home. He went home, and I hope he stayed home. I watched a deal on, on uh, Charles Neiman this last week, and Joyce Myers was interviewing him, and he lost a wife to cancer 15 years ago, or maybe less than that. He said, after she died, what was the thing that you wanted to do? He said, I wanted to go home. I wanted to cry. I mean, young kids, young grandkids, Still had lots of life ahead of him. And the Lord began to say, you know what? This was not between you and her. This was between me and her. And then he said this. He said, you've got to get in the house of God. You've got to get around people that's been through the same things that you've been with. His son called him and said, Dad, you want to preach this weekend? He said, yes, I want to preach this weekend. Because I know being under the anointing will bring me encouragement. He said, I know being under the word of God, being taught, that it's going to put life back into me. What the enemy took for evil, God's going to turn it around for good. Can I tell you, I got excited when I read that, that he went, Jesus found him in the temple. Where is where is Je- Where is Jesus going to find you? Where is Jesus going to find you? He went to the temple. Here's the last thing. Jesus says to him, he says, see, you are well. The King James says, behold, you have been made, you you are healed. That word behold says this, it says, wow. Even Jesus, when he saw what the hand of God did, went wow. I want to ask you this morning, are you living your life where Jesus sees you and says, wow, look what God has done in him. Look what God has done in her. It goes on to say, it says something. He said, stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. He closed the door to the enemy. But Jesus tells him, he says, stop. What does he say? He says, stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. He's saying, be careful of the doors that you go through. He says, I, the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they want you to go back to the porch. They want you to go back to the place where you're miserable, broken, hurt, lame, all by yourself. That's what the enemy wants. Can I tell you, John 10 and verse 10 says, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But God, what does he tell him? He says, stop sinning. He's telling him. He's saying, hey, don't go back to the porch. Don't look back on the porch. Keep going after me. I want to ask some people this this morning. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet. Do you want your life back? Do you want your life back? And like I said, there's people that are focused on all the wrong things this morning. You're still, it don't matter how good this is preached. It don't matter how eye-opening it's been. There's still some people out there that you're saying, but, can I tell you, They were at a pool of Bethesda that stunk and butt stink too. Get that out of your vocabulary this morning. I'm telling you, the enemy wants you to stay in a stagnant place at a well that has dried up a long time ago. God has something bigger for you. Can I say it again? God has something better for you. Can I say it again? God has something better for you. It's not only important that you come to the house, but it's important that you stay in the house. That you get in the house. And so I want to ask this question this morning. I want you to really think about your life. Do you really want your life back? Because the work's about to begin. <laughs> uh, whatever your hand to whatever you put your hand to shall and will prosper. But that's the thing, you have to do it. Like the Lord is our shepherd. But you have to make him your shepherd. He'll lead you in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That's the thing. He will lead you. But you've got to let him lead you. We can quote that and sing amazing grace all we want to. But the end of the day, you're going to have to put the work in. You're going to have to put the work in. You are going to have to put the work in. So i want to ask that question. I'm going to leave this by the by. By the Spirit of God, I just want to ask the question. Do you really want your life back? Do you really want your life back? Do you really want your life back? No excuses. No excuses. Get up. Pick up your pallet and walk. Get up. Pick up your pallet and walk. I'll say it again. Get up, pick up your pallet, and walk. Mom, go go in the anointing God has called you to be as a mom. Dad, go in the anointing God has called you to be as a dad. We're going places. We're doing things. We're not going to stay at a well that dried up years ago. We got cities to build and we got contracts to fill. We ain't got much time to do it in because the Lord is coming back. But I'm not just gonna sit here and die for 38 long, boring years. It ain't anybody else's fault, all right? It ain't Obama's fault that you ain't going in the dream that you're supposed to have been doing 12 years ago. It ain't Biden's fault. It ain't Trump's fault. Come on, quit. Y'all, stop. Shut up. Get up. Pick up your pallet and walk. Amen. 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 Praise God. Thanks for joining us. We want to thank all of you who give to our ministries here at AOL Church. It's because of you that all of this is possible. You can give now by clicking the link below. And if you haven't already, subscribe and share this message. It helps us reach more people and share the gospel through you. Be sure to stay connected to us through our Church Center app, our website, arenaoflifechurch.org and follow us on social media like Facebook and Instagram. May the Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you, be gracious to you and give you peace. Thanks again for listening. Go and make a difference today.